Oh, hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Educational. Oh, learned a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow, well, the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Hey, kiddo, how was the hill? Did you learn anything? Yeah, that ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. This isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. That UFO podcast is powered by Zencaster. Zencaster is one of the world's leading platforms for recording and hosting podcasts. The open beta strives to put the power of studio quality remote video production into the hands of anyone with a story to tell. Features include HD video recording, studio quality sound, chat and footnotes all running right from your browser so you can record from anywhere without ever installing anything. Check out the links in the show description to find out more. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and this is Tom DeLong Profile. Not an interview with Tom DeLong. I think we're a few of these and now that I can say still that. Still not people, an interview. No, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's still not an interview with Tom DeLong. We would, we would want that to happen. Um, for for anyone commenting, giving us abuse, which we don't mind, it's we still get the comments of this isn't an interview. Clickbait turned off. You can turn off now if you expect an interview with Tom DeLong. This is the profile part two point five, not even the profile part two. We're proper conning you here. Um, <laughs> this is your questions and thoughts on the last couple of parts that we've done ahead of us recording part three, which may or may not be the final part. We've not worked that bit out yet, but we'll see see how much more we've got to run. Um, Dan is with me for this, as you've just heard. Dan, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Um, well, I, again, I shouldn't say that. We're just so used to it. Maybe you should be like, hi, this is Andy and this is Dan. <laughs> it feels like a long time since we recorded and it's been like five or six days. And I always feel like, ugh, see if I'm not in that cycle of every couple of days doing something because I was away for a few days. It, it totally throws me out. Oh, um, but- we should wait. Let's pause there. The listeners don't know that you celebrated your birthday the, this past weekend. And that's why it's, a, it's a, we're a little bit late. Um, yes. It was also a bit of a, a celebration for a stag do for you. So happy birthday to Andy. And, yes. And bombard his emails with happy birthdays, please. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, wait till next year. Wait till next year. Um, and uh, yeah, it was my friend Stagdo. He's getting married soon as well. So that was a lot of fun. And it's taken me enough enough time to recover from it. Um, something good that happened in the meantime, though. Um, we're still a ways off our end of year charity fundraiser. We done it last end of last year. Dan came up with it. It was very successful. Um, a couple of charities got some incredible donations from everyone. That will still happen later on this year. Um, however... To kind of get that started, we've we've had a bit of a collaboration come up very quickly with a friend of mine who runs a small independent coffee shop, uh, coffee business, sorry, in Glasgow, and it's called Pure Roasters. If you're from the UK and Scotland particularly, that'll mean something to you. Um, basically, uh, my, my friend Robert and Pure Roasters, the company, has created a coffee called Space Cadet which again is a Glasgow Scottish kind of terminology. And if you're in the UK, right now it can only ship to the UK because of leaving the EU and a lot of other issues just now with, with shipping stuff. He's really sorry about that because so many of you got in touch so quickly. But if you're in the UK, you can get bags of Space Cadet coffee and with the code Valiant Thor, you'll get 20% off. Dan and I don't make any money from this. That was my, my deal with Robert when I when I talked about doing the collaboration. Any cash that is that is made on our end, we're getting like a, a small percentage of it, is going to be banked for the charity fundraiser at the end of the year. So if you like coffee 
Uh, the link for it will be in the description. You can click on that, use the code ValiantThor. That'll be in the description as well. And uh, you can get yourself a lovely coffee, support a local business, but also support a charity as well. Just remember it's, it's UK only. So thank you very much, folks. If you want to buy someone you are outside of the UK, find a friend in the UK and send them a bag of coffee. Get their address and buy it for them. That would be really nice. And again, it all goes to charity as well. Um, but listen, on with Tom DeLong Profile Part 2.5. This is your thoughts and questions based on a few shows now that we've done on Tom DeLong and his involvement, his history in the UFO subject. Um, we're going to get straight into it. Dan, SourceMind3333, um, why was knowing about Greek gods such a big deal, apparently? This is something we have talked about a few times before, diving through some of Tom's old tweets. And if you can let me bring up my, my favourite one, you'll probably know which one it is. Wait. Uh, Atlantis. Yes, yes. Tom's, Tom's <laughs> seven tweet mega thread on what if, and then he goes on a rant about there was such a place as Atlantis. What if the stories are true, and you know the the mythology behind it, and what if it was an advanced civilization, and there was a cataclysm? We'll get to that later on. Something happened. Atlantis went away slash underwater slash something else. And it was a pretty interesting rolling Tom thinking out loud. Not the first time Tom's done it. And in various different um, modalities, might be the wrong word, uh, platforms even, uh, various different platforms Tom DeLong has talked about Greek gods, whether it was in the books, whether it's been on podcast interviews, TV interviews, or in his tweets. Dan, Greek gods, why does Tom DeLong have, have such a thing for this? It'd be very easy for me to say, who's told them that this is part of the the overall picture yeah i i wonder why specifically he, he speaks about greek gods because they're they're obviously a lot more than that through history and they could all potentially represent the same kind of thing that he's hinting that the greek gods represent which is basically beings that are other to us who have a technology that makes them appear godlike to us and we worship and they manipulate us basically um the the next book in the series war i think it's going to be um i i imagine that's going to talk about the influence of these gods on war and you know if we go back we know that there were blood sacrifices and things like that and all of them two gods that would debatably real i guess depending on your you, you know your beliefs in life and yeah, his whole point is that they are real beings influencing us for gain, for whatever reason. The way I thought of this, and at the time I might have even texted you from the cinema, was watching The Eternals. And spoilers, skip 30 seconds. It's just a little plot point, but I think people see this in the trailer anyway, that these these superheroes are basically the gods that have been around through time immemorial and they've seen the wars and they've seen civilizations be built up and they've had these kind of small parts to play here and there on on our advancement or potentially lack thereof at times. And that made me think a little bit about is that the idea of kind of what happened and it goes back to that chariots of the gods, doesn't it? And who built yeah. the pyramids and, you know, flying chariots in the sky, flying shields that the Romans reported. You know, it's just just a name for something that, like you say, is that other, that non-human intelligence, that being that isn't necessarily human. And I think it's fair to say that through his connections and sources, Tom's been told some lies and he's no doubt been told some mistruths. And he's probably done that thing we talked about uh, with, with Kurt Jai Mungle, didn't we, about the Tom's got a jigsaw and he's got... I like, was just about to say yeah. your, your jigsaw analogy comes <laughs> in handy because like, he could have a few bad pieces in there, right? 100%. Yeah, and my analogy initially was Tom's got a 1,000-piece jigsaw with 700 pieces. But like you say, maybe it's not 300 pieces missing. Maybe he's got a few more pieces, but of a different jigsaw. And it's deliberately put in there to throw him off, completing his big picture. And and that's where maybe Tom's mind isn't as controlled and delicate as many of the other people that come out in this subject over the years or any other, you know, big subject. Some of the great thinkers who would take time and have a, a poise and composure when they're thinking about a subject. Tom will sit on Rogan or if he was ever on like a 60 Minutes, you know, or, or any interview and just talk. Because he wants to tell you his story and tell you what he knows. Probably going back to when we talked about those Jimmy Church interviews. And he just goes for it. And he has those moments of, I can't say this, I can't say this, I can't say this. And then other times, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, wow, 
And like you say, he's no doubt had his hand slapped at times, but I don't doubt some of the things he said, it's just trying to pick out the truth in amongst the, the fantasy or the, the kind of misinfo, if you want to call it that, that he yeah. might have been given. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if the Secret Machines books, because they are said to contain truth mixed with, you know, uh, fabrication of fiction. Um, I wonder if they they are what they are because Tom actually can't discern the, the two different things from in, in what he's been told by people. So he's just kind of repeating everything that he's been told in the hope that, you know, the rest of us can kind of help crowdsource what's real in it. It makes me think, you know, Nick Pope wrote two um, fiction books. Um, wait, fiction, non-fiction? I always get these mixed up and I've done advanced higher English. Non-fiction's non-fact, doesn't it? Which means it's fake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that, that's always the way out, right? Okay, yeah. So Nick Pope wrote two non-fiction books, Operation Thunderchild and Operation Lightning Strike. I think I've got them somewhere in here. And take what you think of Nick Pope and anything away. I, I really enjoy them as being sort of independence day like books and quite interesting takes on potential alien invasion and what would happen and you think if someone like Luella Zonda or Chris Mellon wanted to write a book obviously we know about Lou's book coming out and it's got to go through a strict vetting process and same as Skinwalkers at the Pentagon and other books like that they could easily write a non-fiction book couldn't they and just put a lot of truth within it but if you put it in the backdrop of a real alien invasion with aliens coming through wormholes from other planets to fight us, you, you could just hide all that truth in there. But that that then you start to pick apart, is that bit true? Is that bit true? Are they coming from this galaxy? Are they using wormholes? You know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Just to establish here, fiction is the untrue stuff. Okay, so fiction is... Okay, so non, yeah, not non-fake <laughs> would be the correct way to put it. Okay, cool. Thank you for checking that. Yeah, I, I, cool. folks, I had an advanced higher English at school. I it's just actually... one of those things that when you think about too much, you trip over. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> at thirty-six, it's just one of those things that goes out my head. But yeah, um, so yeah, thanks for the question. Good, good start. Um, Gnosis, who is a big help out on the Discord channel, which has been very, very busy, very active recently as well. And, and Gnosis is going to appreciate that you dropped the G there as well. I did drop the G. I think I'm going to meet Gnosis for a coffee sometime soon. As well. Oh, nice. So if anyone's in the kind of northeast of England, uh hit us up and might have a little kind of impromptu meetup in a in a coffee shop somewhere. Um and more information on meetups coming very, very soon, hopefully. Um is anyone in Blackpool end of June? But anyway, we'll get to that. Um Gnosis says if we are to trust that the TTSA members were honest in their original list of endeavors, then what do you think gave them the confidence to believe they could achieve these goals and use fifty million dollars worth of public money to do it? Looking at the same people in 2022, nothing so bold is now stated and nobody is trying to launch such grand endeavours. Was there something we still don't know or something the TTSA members expected to happen that didn't? The financial side of things with TTSA was always muddy waters and I I would hasten to say that I, I don't doubt even the people involved, the financial side of it was probably muddy waters for them too. Plenty of you who got in touch with, with myself and Dan for this told us and one of you actually I'll, I'll read the comments and mentions how it was money well spent um dan you invested in ttsa i did yeah um i i feel that i can talk about it because i did i put my own money into it it, it was a uh, i got a bonus in work and i thought yeah i'm gonna support the cause i will say that at no point did i ever expect them to make a spaceship that was one of those, you know, in a perfect world, if they got the defense funding, and they would need that kind of proper defense funding, because that's how much it would cost to develop these, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. You, you know, you're not going to develop a, a revolutionary anti-gravity craft for 50 million. But in terms of maybe inspiring people who are going to possibly invent those things in the future, or going to research them, or, you, you know, just start investigating that paradigm shift that's coming that we're not alone. I, I think I would argue that it's money well spent and, and I was happy with my money being, you know, gone into that. Okay, let me ask you, because I looked at it, I remember at the time talking about it as well a few times that I came close several times to investing. Again, the minimum amount I don't have and still don't have that kind of cash that I could just throw away on, on lots of different investments, but it was something I was really interested in. Why did you, as someone with money to invest, and it's it's almost a vote of confidence because you're not expecting to get anything really in return that wasn't that kind of investment. No. What what made you look at the 
the anti-grav spacecraft and think, well, that's nonsense. They're not going to do that, but I'll give them the money anyway. Because I think for a lot of people, they they probably saw that and thought, wow, wouldn't that be amazing? Because I'm not going to lie, as, as incredible a claim as it was, I I sort of bit on that for a while of they, they have got this really incredible team of people here. You know, Hal Putov, Jim Semivan, all those guys, Steve Justice. And if you add Lou and Chris into that, and sorry, Lou, Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon, saying as if I know them personally, um, you know, that that maybe that's possible. If anyone could do it, why couldn't they? Because look at the team they've assembled. You know, very much Avengers Assemble type scenario. Did you not at any point think, I'm not going to give them the cash because it seems like too much of a leap? And I mean, potentially you could use the word con. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that been thrown around, hasn't it? Um, it it really comes down to the fact that I was a fan of Tom's work for a long time. So it's not like Tom came out of the blue asking for these things. I, I was used to Tom saying big things coming soon and these things never materialize. And it happened with several Blink documentaries along the way and various other things. So yeah, when, when it comes to Tom's big ideas, I often take them with a pinch of salt. But in terms of supporting him to spread the UAP message, you know, I essentially paid the price of stocks for U.S. legislation. Like that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Not not that it went directly to that, but you know, the dominoes fell, and now that's where we are. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say that the the money went to various different aspects of the the organization because TTSA is is still there as an entertainment company, which obviously was something several members left because of, and they've got the movie Monsters in California supposedly coming soon it's it's a slightly different company so what's left is uh to the stars which is just the entertainment side of and then ttsa was a separate thing but that's pretty much gone now and to the stars has a scientific advisory board which that's said to have you know how putoff kind of sat on which is the same as essentially nick pope giving advice to the creators of signs or independence day or arrival because he is seen as an expert in a field so we will contact you about you know any alien stuff that comes up but to the stars still plans on telling these stories like tom said that aspect of the whole thing has never really changed but like you say they've, they've never gone back out and let's be fair i don't think given what happened with the company and the way things sort of ended they could in good faith go out and ask for money because i don't think they would get anywhere near the same take up as they they got in those those early days no, i don't I think, think that so. time's come and gone for them um what happened in the background is that something that comes out in, in Lou's book? Probably not. Is it something that comes out down the line? Maybe, we don't know, but there was more people involved than just that that cast of characters we saw on Unidentified. Yeah. There was a lot more people involved with TTSA in the background, and that's probably where things get muddy and murky. And there's people you don't know because they were still running a company. The people that we saw on that TV show weren't all sitting running this company in you know on a day-to-day basis so that's something that if it comes out it comes out but we'll see down the line um paul henderson to the stars academy definitely got the ball rolling and tom delong in my opinion is pivotal um i'd like to know that if that ufo podcast will ever get to interview him as i think we could ask some really good questions um surely lou can put in a good word for us <laughs> so keep up the great work thank you um um i, I, I don't think lou is like friends with tom delong i don't think he's ever claimed to be um I mean, they, they were colleagues weren't they uh they you know they yeah. had an endeavor together and that that time come and went i wouldn't you know i wouldn't bet on them being besties <laughs> yeah maybe if it maybe if the company was still together and they were still working together like then i would i would love anyone who knew tom delong that's something like i'll say recently dan didn't we we, we did reach out through a, a few different avenues and you know we got a, a nothing back um, I've also had a if there's interest we will reply but you get that for a lot of different guests so unfortunately it's just not one of those things at the minute we'll be able to to get Tom and, on and there was a whole delay as well Tom was meant to be coming over to the UK with Angels and Airwaves as part of the European yeah. tour and that was cancelled due to Covid so there might have been a whole load of publicity that was being sure. set there that we might have got in on my my best hope for getting Tom DeLong on the podcast this calendar year would be if Monsters in California gets a press tour, then I'm sure Tom DeLong will have no shame 
and there's no harm in this either in reaching out to to ufo and paranormal podcasts around the world to ask for some advertising and promotion and would you know what i would take him up on that for the for the you know for the interview so yeah let's let's hope that comes around but thank you paul um alex says i think ttsa helped change the uap conversation and take it to the mainstream in a more credible way unidentified was a was a fantastic way to reboot a subject that had become tired and cliche i know lou now denounces ufo attainment but this is this show did entertain as well as inform all the while bringing the subject uh, more to the open tom is instrumental in bringing that all together it's hard to balance entertainment and educational values of a production, but it can be done. I like to think we try and do that as well, to be fair. Uh, in fact, we need much more of it to educate an uninformed public. Then we might see more activism and pressure on elected officials. Yeah, good point, Alex. Um, there is that balance of, of entertainment and infor- information, and I think this could be really dry. Dan, we're getting to the two-year point now of the podcast if every single thing was the same and monotoned and almost like a newscast. But yeah. I get there's people listening to this to take away information. There's people listening to these shows particularly for that debate and to hear our thoughts on things. And there are people who just listen to this subject like like I listen to various other subjects just for the for the entertainment aspect of it and an escape and a release and as things pick up, maybe get more involved. But that's just the nature of this subject and kind of where we're at with it. And there's there's no harm in people taking any of those things away from from any content they consume in, in this topic. I've said before, I've got my proper guilty pleasures when it comes to the UFO subject. I still want to do my Antarctica episode or show. I really want to do that. Um, you've got the whole dark side of the moon stuff, which is really interesting. I've said in the past that I used to listen to things like um, oh, um, Andrew D. Basiaggio, who has given some fantastically long YouTube talks he did in the past on apparently being a, a, a like a not a jumper, but he could teleport to Mars with the US government basically. And he claimed to know Obama who could do the same thing, Pre- President Barack Obama, that is. Um, and you know what? It's a fantastic story to listen to. He's very engaging and engrossing. But for me, that's where it stopped. I never truly believed that Mr. Andrew D. Basiaggio, if you want to look him up, had actually done those things but it was always that one percent in the back of my head that made me go yeah but imagine he had like that would be incredible um and that one percent dan i'm sure when you invested your money into ttsa but what if they did create an anti-gravity spacecraft and some of my money went towards the payment i mean mean, if if they'd have done that i would have been over the moon because i invested on the ground floor of boeing essentially but that that was never really on the table for me and and you could have literally been over the moon with an anti-gravity spacecraft. <laughs> so yeah, I had to get that in there. Um, Louise says, TTSA will forever hold a place in history. It was the spark that started the fire. Actually, Tom was the spark. I have feelings he's not finished yet. He has, uh, He's a dynamite or a dynamo. It might have been auto-corrected. So yeah. Um, CJ asks, Dan, I'll put this to you first. Did TTSA over-promise and under-deliver? Probably just in the sense that Tom's part of that press conference was very sales pitchy. You know, he he was the guy setting up the business side of things whilst everyone else got to do what they were going to do anyway, which was investigate UAP. They could just do it professionally through Tom's company. So yeah, it I, I think there was some overpromising. The the under delivering is more debatable part, I think, because as you know, I've I very much honest about this that i think they were a spark that changed the world but not everyone feels that way some people wanted that anti-gravity spaceship or you know some hard evidence from them and as much as we got a bunch of those videos and a great series and a a whole bunch of other things from them we you know we weren't given raw data and you, you know the the proper data from the princeton and the nimitz and all of the videos that kind of came out um they they were lacking some context that I think a lot of skeptics or debunkers have latched onto. So under delivering there, I would say. I mean, let's say Tom doesn't leave Blink One Eight Two, and there's no to the stars academy of arts and science to the stars might have still been a thing with the different series entertainment divisions that Tom was interested in. But say he keeps his interest in UFOs to purely, I'll write some songs about it and, and chat about it with mates, but that's it. Where do you think we are now? Like, more than likely, 
I'm not doing this podcast. I know that probably for a fact. Where do you think the conversation is? Do you think there's been any movement at all from the 90s even or the 80s? I mean, the fact that TTSA, whether people support them or not, they're on people's lips as to whether they change the world and just even having to ask that question you know like i say it's arguable that they did but if you've got to ask the question then they probably have had some kind of impact yeah i think that's a fair point like there's a lot happened and i think this is something that's come up in the last couple of weeks where you know a lot of stuff's happened in the world of social media with ufos and everything we won't go into everyone's bored of that now but a lot of people started a lot of shows and podcasts and journalists got involved in this this conversation and topic like Leslie Kane, Ralph Blumenthal, let's name those who who probably wouldn't have an interest in it to even report on the subject had to the Stars Academy not come about and started the process that got certain individuals out of roles and into into whatever to the Stars Academy was meant to be regardless if it if it came to fruition the way it expected to maybe they all had different plans for it anyway and maybe different individuals within Two of the Stars Academy got what they wanted from TTSA. I think Lou's kind of hint, I'm going to paraphrase badly, said as much that there would have been no unidentified season three because Two of the Stars Academy and what they wanted to achieve had achieved what they needed to. So himself and Chris Mellon felt the best thing for them to do was go elsewhere anyway. Whether that's exactly true or not, only, only they would know. But Maybe Jim Semivan wanted something from it. Hal Putov wanted something from it. Tom DeLong wanted something from it. So it's a hard one, but it certainly, like you say, changed the conversation. And for me, it changed it in a really positive way, in a big way as well. I'm really sorry if anyone did invest and lose money on what they felt was that overpromise, because that's a totally fair and rational position to come at. You might be like Dan and, and many other people who commented to say, it's been money well spent. They were happy to invest because they feel they got what they wanted from it. Other people are happy to invest with the idea that, you know what, if I lose it, I lose it. I'm intrigued. Other people, no doubt, put money in hoping for, you know, that those big promises that really never came to fruition in a sense. So um, hopefully, you know, the Monsters in California movie gives us something a little bit more as a, of a legacy potentially from Two of the Stars and, and what it's going to be going forward because it has been pretty quiet on, on that front from them. Um Brenta said, hi, really enjoyed part two. A few random thoughts, and some of these we've kind of touched on, but Dan, we can fire through quickly. Um, do we know how TTSA was funded? Yeah, it was a, a stock issue. Um, yeah. um, also, they they had agreements to lend money from Tom DeLong, who has various LLCs set up to, you know, to manage his rights and things like that. So they were given things like image rights and portions of that, and that money got paid back to Tom or cancelled off over the years. You can look at it in the SEC filings. Um, did the main players get paid and by who by the main players I'm guessing we're, we're thinking Lou Elizondo Chris Mellon Jim Semivan Hal Putov Steve Justice Tom DeLong. Um I, I don't doubt that any and all took some kind of payment from it they they were working for part of that company it wasn't a volunteer position I don't think that was ever claimed either which would have been a different conversation but they were doing a job um, those figures are definitely on the sec filing as well um so if you just search uh, ttsa sec on google it should take you to the investor page and all the filings are there and you can see what people were paid yeah um next up uh same from brenta i wonder who did the organizing behind the scenes pulling things together for ttsa it's often not those on the stage and i think we've sort of addressed that and th- there are other people involved with the company and dan you talk about the filings that's the kind of stuff that bores me but you can see names of people in there salaries people got and the different roles that people had within those companies i suppose if you go look at two of the stars now you'll see names like tom DeLong and like you said uh is it Hal that's still part of the scientific yep. advisory board? He done the interview with Tom DeLong on Brian Keating's show uh, with Kurt Jaimungo, doing the helping out in that one as well a while ago. Really good interview if you want to go and check it out. Um, but there are other people still involved as well who who run the company and do that kind of organizational side of things as well. It's it's, it's a sizable company the- still. Yeah, like there's a decent amount of people there. Um, they they downsized, you know, just for cost, and they they didn't need the storefront when the pandemic was happening because no one could go in makes sense uh but one of the people behind the scenes that doesn't get talked about much is carrie delong and that's tom's sister and she's been with him through various different companies like atticus Macbeth, 
so on and so forth. Um, Mod Life, oh, the, there's a lot. There's a lot of different companies that he's done, but she's always been there as marketing and comms. So chances are, if someone's been trying to email TTSA through press, that's who they would have got was Tom's sister. I, I know Carrie personally as if we have interest, we will follow up carried along um <laughs> and no follow-up um hey, she emailed you back <laughs> yeah i got that from her at least um uh, brenta finished up saying overall it feels to me like they have moved things forward and perhaps helped change the world um loving the deep dives into this it really helps me put things into context and understanding the journey so far so thank you thank you brenta helps us as well and i'm sorry it's been so long since the last one we'll strive in the next what seven days to get part three recorded and put out as well um it's just the last two months has been hectic for both of us. Um, Leffy, what is puzzling for me is that there is little to no talk about the whereabouts of the longer gimbal video. I cannot believe that any crew would stop filming during the encounter. So does Lou or anyone else on TTSA know if it exists? I think we know by now. I mean, Leffy, obviously from your question, you won't have heard these said in other interviews, but all those videos that were shot, we were shown what could be released under a declassified setting. There are potentially, I'm going to assume, more to the start of some of those videos, potentially. I think a lot of them, we assume it's the beginning of the video, don't we? And uh, you don't know that there's not stuff before it, you know? And yeah, all we're yeah. getting to see is a little portion in the middle. Um, but there, there certainly would seem to be, I think with the gimbal, uh, I mean, it's speculative, but cards on the table, uh, um, when it rotates, you know, whatever camp you're in with that, yeah, I'm going to presume, as Dan's just done if you're on the YouTube, that it shoots away at an incredible speed because, as Bob Lazar discussed some years ago, these Oh, objects... you know what? No, 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 we're wrong. And this is actually a good catch. I'm glad that this is in the show because Ryan Graves actually opened up about this, didn't he? And he explained that the you, you had that V formation going around and the gimbal was part of that moving kind of jarringly. And as the V formation came around or the Delta formation came around, the thing rotated and then rejoined them uh, moving along. So it did. didn't shoot off. There you go. I always thought it did. Ryan Graves that, being the pilot, by the way, or one of yeah. the pilots he debriefed the person that filmed the video. Bob Lazar had talked about obviously that these objects tend to fly at speed on their side which is why saucers can look shaky when they're apparently hovering still that's something Bob Lazar's talked about um, I think a little bit again like Independence Day when the thing's just hovering it's a bit jerky and movements are a bit uncertain because they're made to move and at pace and in different environments um, so that's an interesting concept and idea but for me it's to do with the classification of the, the rest of those videos it's only my opinion i would presume like you say that the video we saw of that that one object whether it's this if it looks a bit like a saucer with a dome doesn't it potentially if it is that classic saucer and in that video you could see more of these objects and there were formations and you could see these things leave at the incredible rates of speed that they apparently do down the line that would be totally game changing but right now it's it's i've always used the phrase it's boring and ambiguous enough to be interesting but not game changing and that's that's what we've got and it's all to do with the classifications and it's 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 annoying and it's frustrating but it's what we're kind of hoping dan let's be honest we are long overdue and this is something i spoke to sean cahill about on the the discord live chat when we done that um a few weeks ago um i think a few people mentioned you know are we going to get some new stuff this year and sean said yeah i would i would hope so like I'm not saying Sean was coming from a place of knowledge with that, but I think even he was acknowledging it's it's been a while, you know, the for new footage, new photographs. Is it going to be a black triangle coming out the ocean? Who knows? Is it going to be additional footage from what we already have? Who knows? If it's something totally different, which I would love, then then great. But it's one of those things that whatever's happening in the background right now, we can only hope things start to come out. And if yeah. you're if you're really patriotic and American, you probably don't want leaks happening. Um, I get that's something that people like Lou Elizondo and others of, especially those with a military background, of of not wanted things to leak because it's an official process and all that kind of stuff. But if you're just a fan of the UFO subject, then you want you want President Biden to slip up in an address and go, ah, if only those aliens were here today. You know what? You want you want something. You would take anything. That's that's why you enjoy the subject. That's why you love it and the mystery and anything you can put together for that that thousand piece puzzle 
that we talked I, about. I really, I really hope that the the next UAP report coming on Halloween that we'll see. I really hope that it's not just the same again. I I hope that we get a video or picture or you know just a little a little more transparency on it where we can look to those reports every year coming forward, you, you know, and see them as actually substantial instead of arguing over them. You know, it would be great if that, that communication channel was really shored up for the future and based on, you know, the Gillibrand amendment, you know, Rubio Warner, all those people talking about this, the bar seems to be going up and up and up and up for what they expect from these reports as well. So I'm excited to see. Uh, yeah, I think there are there are six due this year, but only one that we get to see. And and let's be fair, and I'm going to. That's a good a good point you make, Dan. But we'll get to see one. However, we keep saying we want more and more officials to be involved in this. If this subject right now is is classified briefings that are being done and being had by 10 people that's a fairly small group maybe Gillibrand, Rubio, Warner you know whoever else might be involved and maybe they keep that tight in between them but once you start getting more and more people involved and it becomes 30 or 40 or 50 senators congressmen and women people in the UK involved Australia start to see these things the more people involved the more likely someone slips up or something comes out so it's probably to our benefit that more and more elected officials do get involved because human nature folks will play a big part in some of this stuff getting out. That's... And, and th- this is funded till 2026 as well. So I can imagine between now and then someone's going to say, hey, why are we spending all this money on this UAP stuff? And they're going to have to present the reasons why publicly this is a compelling thing. Maybe that's where we start getting those public hearings when someone's asking why, how, how is this that you can spend the money here? 100%. Um, next up, Paul Ayer says, I'd like to know your thoughts on why you think Tom DeLong has gone relatively quiet on the subject. Dan? Uh, short and sweet, he's building a house. Uh, if you look on his Instagram, that's literally what he's doing. They they had the planning permission before COVID, but they couldn't get started because of COVID. That house is meant to be a film studio for him and stuff uh, has music production facilities. So he's basically building that getting that up and running and i imagine uh he's writing a script as well a baseball script that has no et stuff in it but i imagine that he's just putting his time and energy into getting that home base set up and the creative projects rolling so when it is set up he can make them there i'll i'll play devil's advocate and hold your feet to the fire dan as a tom DeLong fan here he wasn't too busy building a house or writing a script when he was doing loads of interviews on a press tour last year for people who were Instagrammers and TikTokers and bloggers all about music. I, I know personally at least one journalist he spoke to and it was all about music, um, which was the they were told it was to be about music. And I know people tried to slip UFO questions in. He's never done anything like that in what the last two years, at least since I started this to other than the brian keating interview um that i'm aware of um he's not even done jimmy church has he for who was a a go-to of his for a couple of years no he hasn't done that for a while so other than that one brian keating interview which i would and this isn't me saying tom DeLong, come on that ufo podcast Tom (laughs) yeah please do um go and do another good interview if it's with a, a kurt jay mungo or if it's with Brian Keating, again, you know, be more open. If you want to get back on Rogan, no doubt, big platform would be great. But I would like to hear him come out and talk about it and address some of these questions. And again, I think it's something that I spoke to George Knapp about when I interviewed George and he he didn't feel Tom DeLong owed necessarily people explanations, etc. I, I would disagree. I think when you see the the amount of questions like this, people getting involved and the small percentage of people who are involved in the UFO topic who listen to this, just the, the kind of outpouring of emotion and curiosity and from either side of the fence people still have, I think Tom does kind of deserve to come out and give the community at least a conversation on the topic. I mean, I've just said his name, George Knapp, interview Tom DeLong. There you go. That that would That would be good for me. Yeah, they, their interviews are always uh, excellent. George, George is a great interviewer. I, I'd like him to go on some platforms that will ask tough questions. When he goes and speaks about music somewhere, uh, say, for example, with Zane Lowe, that, that was a great interview Tom did with Zane Lowe, speaking about music, and then Zane, at the end, gets some UAP questions in and some stuff about consciousness and creativity, and it's really interesting. But Zane doesn't really know enough to hold his feet 
to the fire on something isn't to say wait can you expand on that because i heard xyz or you know just really dive in i'd I'd love to see tom just sit with someone till the audience was blue in the face from asking questions you know just completely spent everything answered um and yeah i'm sure there's some real interesting stories from from ttsa and in the background especially the stuff before ttsa got off the ground with wikileaks couple more questions to go and i'm going to say adam who was one of the final questions that was a very similar question we've just answered there so thank you for yours um consider it answered um ben says in my opinion uh, ttsa started a mass conversation that no one wanted to have within the ranks of the military and intelligence communities with the help of others of course but without tom's crazy ideas we may not have been so lucky we'll never know and there's no going back now Fair statement to the crazy ones, I guess. Yeah. Um, Roxy Sanchez says, cool name. Why does uh, Tom refer to them, the others, as ankle biters? I mean, that that's interesting. The I, I take from it that they, I, I read that as basically nipping, nipping at our ankles, as in they need us for something. It, it's not just that, you know, where... <laughs> we're going to be learning from them there's like this maybe this symbiotic relationship where we're going to pull the others along with us when you know maybe maybe uh, it gets into speculation here a lot but but i'm just just wondering before just before just to give you a little bit because roxy followed up saying also in earlier interviews with rogan and others he seemed very concerned about how uap fed on negative human energy why has that not been further investigated i think like you say though you can't not go into pure speculation territory when you start yeah. talking about imagine imagine and i'm sorry if you're listening to this after the last week and you're not a Luella zondo fan or whatever right but imagine he's the face of the subject right now in the mainstream for ufos so that's the way it's got to be uh imagine Luella zondo sat on fox cnn abc whatever and Someone asked him about, you know, UFOs, come on, Lou. I mean, are these things really real? And Lou said, you know what? What if I told you that they feed on negative human energy? That the public would be like, and that's not the public wouldn't go, oh my God. Most of the public would turn off at that point and be like, nope, thanks, nonsense. They they go to crystals and those kind of It's too much of a jump in the conversation, isn't it? And it's still like, how do you get from, let's have a chat about what is going on, what these things might be. Let's forget aliens. And we've got to the point where getting the word aliens back into the conversation or non-human intelligence. There's, There's steps to this conversation that eventually you have to then get to potentially feeding on negative human energy and what is consciousness and you know different beings from different realities and you know what if one of these things is technically standing right next to you they're there but they're not there that all these things alien abductions i suppose is one of the biggest ones that would come into it that wait a minute these things are real have they been abducting people you know how do you protect the public against that if maybe it's something you can't even then you go into the abduction phenomenon and start to talk about actually it's not necessarily a physical abduction they can abduct your consciousness and you can still be lying in your bed and yeah how, how do you explain that to people when we don't have an answer for what consciousness is right exactly that's a really difficult conversation to have and everything you just said we could change a few words in there and kind of say oh yeah there are electromagnetic beings that exist on a separate part of the frequency to us who can interact with us and feed off of our electromagnetic fields which we do have you know our hearts kind of have electricity and things like that our body and neurons run on this kind of stuff so you you can kind of use scientific words to get to the same place but it's just speculation until we actually get there and we can read these things and you know maybe put on a pair of glasses that allows us to see them or something like that i I just wanted to add as well i kind of disparaged crystals a second ago i didn't mean to offend anyone that that like that stuff i have a great piece of moldavite and a bunch over there but i was just kind of alluding to the eye roll that people who aren't into that stuff gives you when you start talking about it folks make sure you um at the signal and direct all your hate uh for towards dan hey, for disparaging share, the crystal community I, I will share a bunch of pictures of the the rocks and crystals i have 
It's too late. Damage is done. <laughs> uh, and do you know what? On that note, folks, one last point from Osvaldo Franco. Um, Osvaldo, I believe, is on or ha- is going to be on Vinny Adams' podcast disclosure team soon yeah, or has so. been yeah, on. Yeah. Vinny done a bit of a run of interviews and I can't remember if he's done those yet or that's still to come up. Um, but he leaves us with the comment that absolutely to the Stars Academy changed the world. Without TTSA, we wouldn't have Lou Elizondo or Chris Mellon or Sean Cahill. Um, he doesn't think there would be a UFO or UAP Twitter in the state it is now it could be good or a bad thing depending on kind of where you're <laughs> in the last few weeks um and all the stuff that's coming including possible congressional hearings all came from tom delong and to the stars academy he and they aren't given enough credit i'm an investor and it's the best money i ever spent so again osvaldo great comment thank you very much for that um for me i'll leave my full overall opinions till Till we get to the final episode part three may or may not be it we'll see where we get to um but then of course we'll finish off with another part 3.5 at least anyway and get your thoughts and, and ideas i think we, we thought this was going to be two parts before we started right yeah if i remember correctly I, I, it but there's so much yeah i think when i was writing part one i was like, ah oh god there's so much even before we even get to unidentified and yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll just wait and say let's see what happens part three will be out in the next week or so definitely before the end of march um we have, uh, right away, we are going to record the Listener AMA, which is exclusive to, if you're on uh, Patreon, if you're on Apple, Spotify, if you're on YouTube, hi to YouTube, that's been great recently, Dan, we've seen a lot more people coming on board, and again, if you're watching on YouTube, we'll, we'll wave to you. Um, so hello if you're, to anyone that came from uh, Theories of Everything as well. Yes, thank you for joining us over from Kurt's channel. Um regardless what pl- uh, platform you're on and regardless what your supporting amount is you'll get access to the ama um so please if you can support or want to um even if you really hate us and want to give us money to deal with that's fine um sign up <laughs> and you'll get access to the ama as well we've got six pages worth of questions which we'll blast through it's pretty casual and um, they go all over the place as well but we enjoy doing those now and again this saturday the 26th of march in the uk 10 p.m uk and God, the clocks changed recently. Daylight savings time. I saw a big thing in the US about daylight savings time. Uh, it really confused me. Our clocks change on Sunday, but apparently, 10 p.m. UK, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, and th- four, 3 p.m. Pacific. That should be correct for this Saturday, the 26th of March. We're going to do a live YouTube show and we'll be taking people calling in. I've just checked. Yeah, Yeah. that's correct. (laughs) Eastern's now four hours behind us and Pacific is now seven hours behind us and they used to be five and eight. What what about Middle America? Central time is now five hours behind us. Nicely done. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm getting good. Very good. (laughs) And I'm really sorry if you're anywhere else in the world just now. I know Australia is about 12 hours because my dad lives there. But But, yeah, Bogota is the same time as East Coast, so we know uh, Colombia is there. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do. We'll talk about uh, time zones and differences when we do the the live. But if you want to get involved, we'll arrange it on the evening. You can get a link to the live call in and get involved. If you want to email or send over a video file or audio snippet of you asking us a question we can easily put that into the show as well if you don't have the time or you can't make it to be on the show with us live please send us that and we'll play it and we'll talk about it and answer it otherwise it'll just be us sitting talking nonsense for for 45 minutes or an hour anyway which i'm sure we'll manage to do but yeah please (laughs) please send those over it'll be a lot of fun to hear from people as well you can ask us about anything um ideally ufo related but go for it um dan that's pretty much us yeah that that's a that's a wrap there for tom delong 2.5 yes a couple of interviews on the horizon as well jazz shaw joe murgia and rich hoffman um just about to confirm final dates with a couple of those as well but those will all be out in the coming weeks as well including your usual breakdown episodes and the ama will be available on all those paid platforms as well so thank you very much dan pleasure and i'll see you on the other side see you on the other side my friend of the recording that is all for this week's show thank you very much for listening please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform you can like retweet and subscribe that would all be very much appreciated the shows are being uploaded onto youtube as we speak more and more you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast to access shows ad free as well please get in touch on twitter facebook instagram that ufo podcast Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.
team formed, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Four. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little bit. Imagine how I could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like, you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz. I jumped back and nearly kissed myself. And I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head. And everything was weird and everything was red. I helped out my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And I think I should because it doesn't really scare me. If you really want to know who I think I'd be, I guess you and me and us and we and him and her and that and she and that thing over there and what's that, Jake? Educational. Oh, learn a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow while the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Hey, kiddo, how was the hill? Did you learn anything? Yeah, that ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com.